Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Arboretum in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two droids that someone's probably looking for, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. Mikey over here. And today, by request, fan request, we're going to start a new series. Dun, dun, dun. We did, uh, if you recall, in our previous pods, we did a series called Head of the Class, where yep. we built a Dungeons & Dragons fantasy team. Picking one from each class. Yep. Uh, yep. And then uh, we did Head of the House, which was a fun, silly one where we built a sitcom family. That was great. We got to put ourselves in a TV show. <laughs> For our own sitcom. A-, a wacky TV show, at least in my case. And we had a fan suggestion that we should build a crew of a science fiction starship. We're going into space. So we're building the crew. We're going into the unknown, the final... Frontier? Yeah, the, f- <laughs> the final frontier where no man has gone before. <laughs> so before we start, we're getting a few rules. We made some rules on this one. Because rules make it more fun yeah, and a little bit easier. Rules make it more fun. So... We can choose from any genre of sci-fi, anything that is sci-fi, books, movies, TV shows. Yep. But we're only allowed to take one thing from each sci-fi series. Yes. Not franchise Not series. Not franchise, yep. So, for example, Star Wars is a franchise. Yes. But there's technically three separate series, oh, and TV shows, too, of, of Star Wars. Yep. Um, so, you know, you got the original trilogy, then you got prequels, and now you got the sequels. Those are three separate things. So we could conceivably take one from each one. One from each group, yep. But if we burn one that shows up in <laughs> one of them, then that's going to mess it up. So Yeah, this, so, pre- this prevents you from having an all-Star Wars crew and prevents me from having an all-Star Trek right, crew. Yes, because yeah, so. that's, kind of, that's kind of how we're limiting ourselves because <laughs> it'd be like, I'm just going to take the Millennium Falcon with Han Solo and Chewbacca and, you yep. know, and that, then that's just Star Wars. Yep. So we wanted to limit ourselves and make it a little... More challenging, a little more fun. Yeah. So don't murder us online if you think that we picked one ship over another ship or one crew member over another crew member because yeah. it might be that we're trying to save something for the future. True. That shows up. So we might be foreshadowing with some of our picks. You never know. We actually. are unreliable narrators. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. So today, well, if you're going to have a crew, what do you need to crew where, yeah where does the crew go there's there's a first step that needs to be in place so we need to buy a starship we do and in this one mikey and i are kind of instead of like the, being in the party or um in the tv show yep we're kind of posing ourselves as a nick fury type we're assuming the position of yeah, uh, yeah. head head of head of crew head of bringing people together yeah so we're gonna provide the shield ship and then we're gonna fill it full of that's a whole different one. We can do superhero teams next time, I guess. There you go. <laughs> so this one, first we need to buy our ships. So today's episode is ships. Ships. Sci-fi ships. So sci-fi star ships. Yes. And we always let Mikey go first because I talk so much <laughs> in the beginning. I get tired. <laughs> Got to give you a chance to get your voice back. 
But we are talking sci-fi ships. So there, your number three ship, Mikey. My number three ship. Well, I just want to say there are like we we always mention when there's a ton to choose from and when it's a, kind of slim pickings. But when it comes to sci-fi ships, I mean that's that's a nerd's dream. You if you want a ship to do something, you just gotta dream it and make it happen mm-hmm. because there's really no rules when it comes to sci-fi. Yep. But for my third pick, the one that didn't make the cut but got on the list anyway, is. An homage to, when I think of sci-fi, this is sort of like, when I think of spaceship, this is the spaceship that pops into my head. So my third pick is the Nostromo from Alien, the first movie by Ridley Scott. Yeah. Because, I mean, Alien is a classic. If you haven't seen it, uh, again, this is one of those things, this is sort of should be on the nerd checklist when you watch Mm -hmm. sci-fi movies. Alien should be up there. But it's... It's real-world spaceship. It's the classic that I think of in my head because it's kind of NASA-looking. It's kind of sci-fi fantasy-looking, but it's real-world sort of extrapolated to the future, and it would make sense of a spaceship that we could conceivably make as humans right now. Mm -hmm. The other part of that is it's not really a spaceship. It's essentially a space tugboat because it is a star freighter, and it was in charge of moving space refineries and corporation ships to where they needed to be. So space tugboat, I'm all about it. <laughs> what else do I have in my notes about it? Yep, M-Class Lockhart CM-88 Bison Star Freighter is the Nostromo's official classification. It's essentially just a transport ship. It's sort of a jalopy. It's not, doesn't have weapons, doesn't have shields. No armaments. No, no shield. armaments. So that sort of keeps it from being in the number two, number one spot because I can't really defend myself. Right. But like all good sci-fi stories, it seems like a potential ship that I could sort of Frankenstein together with my crew and have some smart people put some weapons or armament on it and sort of repurpose it. But at the end of Alien, the Nostromo is destroyed in an awesome alien-defeating climax, so it's also off the list because it no longer exists anymore. Oh, well. But that infirmary, the padded rooms, the AI ship that controls it and how they call it mother and it, you know, mm-hmm. mother, the AI is in charge of getting them where they need to go and all the smart stuff. It's just a, it's a cool classic sci-fi ship concept that had to be on my list and I had to give it a shout out. So I'm picking you for third, Nostromo. Awesome. <laughs> that's such that's a neat ship. Great movie. It's it's kind of fun when I was doing when I was picking my ships and thinking about we need to talk about ships here. Yep. You don't want to talk about the movie too much because we're not using it for that. We're just using it for we're just using the vehicle, the, the, the vehicle. Yeah. So it's it, it's kind of fun. This is going to be neat because we're going to be populating <laughs> a, a ship, and now and well, you can pick people from Alien now because we're not using that ship. But if you had picked that as number one, it would have been off the table. Would have been off the table. Couldn't so. have uh, couldn't have Ripley. Yeah, couldn't have Ripley on there. So. My number three. So my number two and my number three keep flip flopping around, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my number three is a a beloved cult classic ship. Let's do it. Called the Serenity. Oh, that sounds big. From the from the series Firefly, Joss Whedon's. Well, in a, there was a movie too. Joss Whedon's wonderful space cowboy, literally series. You can't take the sky from me. I know it's so. I that's one of my top nerddoms. Yes. I have a t- brown coat T-shirt and everything. <laughs> so when when you have a T-shirt of it that you bought yourself, that is crossing <laughs> a threshold of yeah, nerd and be like, I, I am committing this much to display it on my body yeah. for the rest of the world to see. So man, I love that show. I hate this. Is one of the many reasons I hate Fox for <laughs> just killing it when not giving it a chance to breathe. Oh yeah, another, another just, uh, entry on the list of shows that shouldn't have been canceled. 
Should not have been canceled. Um, it was so good. But let's talk about the Serenity itself. The Serenity is a Firefly class vessel. That's awesome. So the show is called Firefly. Mm-hmm. So the show's named after the ship. <laughs> and the movie's called Serenity, which is also named after the ship. So specifically, the yep. ship is very important. <laughs> they put in both titles. So the the Serenity to me is Joss Whedon's Millennium Falcon. There's no there's no doubt. It's obvious that this show was so Star Wars fan inspired oh yeah joss whedon loves star wars he was no i'm sure he likes star trek and all the other things but this is more of a <laughs> star warsy thing yes to me so it's the very it's a very lived in use this is a, a home and a ship oh for sure yeah like i said it's a firefly class vessel which is a transport it doesn't have any weapons on it, it doesn't even have shields i don't think but the thing is it's super fast because it has that that engine on it that, yeah, that is it called the firefly engine I don't know if the engine is called the fire. See, Joss Whedon's fun because he just doesn't really care about it. Just it just works because it name works. and stuff. Yeah, it just works because it works. Gotcha. But yeah, the the whole the whole fun part is the back end of it glows like a firefly. Yeah. So they they specifically made it look kind of like a firefly. That is very cool. Very aesthetically awesome. So that's supposed to be its strength. Is that's really fast. Then Joss Whedon himself called it the tenth character oh, okay. of the show. He wanted it to be a character, much like the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars is considered a character. I get it. Uh, throughout, it does have, even though it's unarmed, it does have those crybaby things. Do you? Oh, remember? I do remember those. <laughs> They're little satellites that launch out yep. and, and mimic another ship. That's right, like distress calls yeah. and stuff. So that's really fun. But you, we know the famous Star Wars line: "When Luke sees the Millennium Falcon for the first time, what a piece of junk." Yep. Many times in throughout the series and movie, uh, it's called a flying piece of something in Chinese that either means garbage <laughs> or junk. I don't, I can't do the Chinese loose, lusu. I can't, I yep. can't even say it. I'm not even gonna try. It's but, weird, it's weird go around uh, diction, yeah. So, but they'll always say a flying piece of something in Chinese, <laughs> and there's like two different Chinese words that are that have been used, and it either means junk or garbage. There you go. So, that's obvious homage to Star Wars, which is greatness. <laughs> and the neatest thing about this is this was the you know, how sometimes in sci fi the, the ship will just be what work the way it needs to work. If you need yes. an extra deck, it's yep. there. If yeah. you need to put a hollow deck in, it's there. Yep. And it's up to the nerdy fans or some like incredible cross sections author to try and figure out where all this stuff jams in <laughs> to yep. the thing. Yep. Well, Joss Whedon didn't want that. This shows how nerdy he is. He didn't like that type of thing. So he literally planned this thing out with the set designers and everything so that they built two complete sets that were the interior of the ship. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, and it's planned and perfect, and everything matches the way inside to outside and the plan of it. The rooms actually go together as opposed to being like two different sets. It's like, wait, what door goes to where? Right. So, there's actually a four and a half minute shot of Malcolm Reynolds, the captain, walking around. Oh, that's the ship. right. That's and right. Because. He can because it's all there. Is that is that set up in the show or is that part is that a movie scene? I think that was in the movie. Okay, yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Okay. So, but they use the same set. Yeah, yeah, oh, for so sure. So it was it was built for both. So to me, that's really neat. So it's a neat ship. It's it can go into the atmosphere. It's got those cool little side engine things. Oh yeah, and then, yeah. And uh, you know, it's just the reason why it's third for me is because, like you said, it doesn't have any armament on it. Nope. You just have to deal with being fast yep. and stuff, but. It's still a charming ship. It's neat the way it was built, conceived. It, it's form following function. Oh, yeah. Where a lot of sci-fi stuff doesn't even bother. 
trying to figure that out. So nah, too many rules. Yeah, he his Joss Whedon specifically said that he didn't want it to be like a a Star Trek ship <laughs> where just they just all they needed to do was smuggle, just kind of like the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. right? Because it was a smuggling, it was a mercenary ship. Yeah, it's supposed now. it's supposed to be a, a transport vessel. Oh, okay, and it's yeah. supposed to be an old one. There you go. So yeah, it's a very it's very much like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Is he did he did his best to there's a difference between ripping off and homage. Yes. And he's well into the homage. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah, it's not it does it's not a flat disc like the Millennium Falcon. It looks totally different, but it just has has a lot of loving similarities to mm-hmm. it. I can dig it. It's a lot of fun. Ship three for Kevin. That's a great pick. Uh my second ship kind of ties into it a little bit. Uh we got a similar looking ship, but mine is gonna be the Rosinante from the Expanse series. Oh. Yeah, the Expanse series is currently on Hulu, I think. It's another one of those shows, kind of like Firefly, where it's bounced around between networks. Um, but the Expanse is a sci-fi series based off books. I think I've mentioned it in a previous podcast. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, But this ship is awesome. The Rosinante uh, is actually named... Do you it's know a where good that, name. Yeah, do you know where that name comes from? No, but it's a good name. <laughs> it's actually the name of Don Quixote's workhorse. Oh, yeah? Rosinante, oh. which means no longer a workhorse. <laughs> if you translate the Rossi and Ante, that's what those parts of speech mean, accord, uh, according to the internet. So if I'm wrong, blame the internet. <laughs> but that's a cool name. It is a cool name for a ship. It is no longer a workhorse because what the Rosinante is is taken over by James Holden and his and his crew in the Expanse. But the ship is actually... Uh, I'm skipping around, sorry. James Holden and his crew are like earthlings and rebels that are trying to get around the political debate between Mars and Earth and the asteroid belt. So when they go investigate some sketchy doings on, they find this abandoned ship, and it, they later christen it the Rosinante to make it theirs. But uh, originally it was the MCRN Tachi, which was a ship designed for the Martian Congressional Republic Navy. So it was actually designed as a Navy warship for the Martians and then just repurposed by people that are a little bit more well-to-do and have a better cause, but... The ship is about the same size as Serenity. It's got a couple decks. It's a, basically like a long building. Um, so you have the engine in back, piloting up front, and then a couple decks between. Um, it's got the environmental zone so you can grow agriculture. It's got oh. the kitchen so you can have the meeting rooms. It's got all the bunk beds so you have capacity, I think, for up to 20 to 30 people in this ship. So not a huge crew, but still enough to get where you need to go in. But the cool thing is, is that it has rail guns, it has shields, it has seats specifically designed to travel in uh, G-force speed, mm-hmm. because that's how they travel in the expanse. There's no faster than light travel. There's no wormhole or anything. It's you get strapped into a seat, and then these needles come out and inject you with like medication and antibodies and sci-fi space goop. <laughs> explanation stuff <laughs> that makes your body able to handle g-forces more than you normally would and then that's how they get everywhere super fast so that's just a cool concept to me to that they actually thought it's a little bit more hard sci-fi than our serenities or star wars that we're talking about but mm-hmm. they plan for the ship to go be able to travel from planet to planet at super fast speeds but still have humans on board but that also means having to be drugged up every time you travel so i don't know how that goes maybe that's a disqualifying factor mm-hmm. in in the rosinante but it's just a cool-looking ship. That's why the Rosinante is number second. Uh, it was close to being number first. It was close to being number one. Number second? Yes, number, number second. <laughs> it, was, it was close to being first, but was replaced by a ship that I think is cooler. But Rosinante, you were, you were a tough, tough second-place choice. 
What about you? We're, we're going on to your second choice. In my second place choice. You were saying that your second and your third flip-flopped a lot. So. Yeah, well, my first and my second, and uh, these all flip-flopped around. This was a hard decision for me. Well, it's fun brain games, though. But I'm taking a lot of consideration in future crew I might want to take. So my second choice is a complete piece of junk. <laughs> A YT-1300 currently in light freighter oh, wait, that's known as the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. Probably the, one of the most iconic spaceships next to the Enterprise. Oh, for sure. I would think. Yeah, you could do it in a black silhouette and be like, yeah. ask people, what ship is this? And they'd be like, Millennium Falcon. Right. It's a hunk of junk. <laughs> it's definitely another character throughout all the Star Wars films. Oh, for sure. Uh, kind of inadvertently, it just became that way. I oh. don't think it was originally intended to be that way. Gotcha. But it came that way. People know so much about it. You know, it was first it was Lando's ship. I kind of liked it better when it was all clean like that. Yep. Lando's awesome looking ship. Then Han Solo wins it in a Sabacc game and it becomes his ship. And then he loses it for some. We still haven't figured out why he lost it. And it ended up on Jakku in the sequels. Yeah, that's true. Wasn't over a card game because that's how he got it back. Yeah. Right? No, he found it on Jakku. Oh, that's right. That he was looking for it, I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but I think what's more neat than the, than the stuff that we know is a lot of people might not know the origins of it. So I found the origins of the Millennium Falcon when it was being designed. Oh, that's I, I have no idea about that. So originally the ship that was going to be the Millennium Falcon, they called it the pirate's ship because Han Solo is considered the pirate Yes. in it. The ship that they designed... Uh, there was a, I think it was a TV show called Space 1999. Okay. That came out in the 70s. And it, the main ship in that one looked way too much like the ship they had made to be the Millennium Falcon. So this was a ripoff of the, of the Falcon or came, was about to come before the Falcon? I think it was one of those things that was just an unlucky, oh, Quint, just yeah. a couple guys gotcha. making a spaceship, came up with the same concept at the same time. It happens. And Space 1999 got out first. Oh, okay. Sort of like, well, we can't make that the ship. And they had built the model and everything. Now, what's interesting is they modified that model of the original one, and it became the Tantive Four which okay. is Princess Leia's consular ship That's right. that you see at the very beginning. So that was still used. That, okay, so that so was the original design? That's a modified version I of gotcha. the original design gotcha. of it. So they were scrambling to figure out what this ship was going to be, and Lucas told um, Joe Johnston, the model designer, to think of a flying saucer. <laughs> and then, wonderfully, and as graphic designers we can relate to this, George Lucas came up to him with like, I don't, this is legend. I don't know if this is true or not, but this is great legend of, I don't know if it was a picture or he was eating lunch, but a hamburger with a bite taken out of it and was uh -huh. like, something like this. <laughs> that, I had no idea that was part of the lore. And that if you is think amazing. of the way the Millennium Falcon looks, it kind of does look like a hamburger with a bite taken out of Very it. Very much so, right in the front. <laughs> that that is, that is super how designers think every once in a while. It's like, oh, I got this idea, and inspired by the lunch that I have near me. And to hear that the Millennium Falcon is the same way is, is awesome and hilarious. So the Millennium Falcon, like I said, everyone, it's iconic. It's got your chess game in there that if you don't let the Wookiee win, he rips your arms off. That, that, that is the thing I wanted to try most. If I had a chance to fly in the Millennium Falcon, that would be the first thing I would want to do is play that monster chess battle game. It's got hidden guns that'll pop out. It's got those top and bottom guns for shooting TIE fighters. 
the wonky hyperdrive that'll work sometimes if you just slam on the console. <laughs> you just punch it every once it's in a while. It's so wonderfully quirky and great. Apparently, um, the there's like little re- the reasons why it acts like that is it's so because it's been so modified beyond what one of those freighters is supposed to be. Okay. So, yeah, because like everybody that gets the ship sort of does something to it is implied, right? Exactly. And also, too, if you saw Solo, which I know you did because you love Solo. It's my favorite ice cream out of the four ice creams. When they drop the that hyper, that that fluid into it to make it go faster. Oh, that's right. To do the Kessel Run. Yep. Apparently that permanently whacked out the system. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. So... That's one of the reasons why it's so wonky. And ultimately, the maybe because I want to pick future Star Wars characters for my crew, dun, dun, dun. but also one of the reasons, and here's my hot take, I always thought the side cockpit on the Falcon looked wonky. Uh-oh. I know I know everyone likes it. I, I know everyone thinks it's the defining character. <laughs> it, w- it was a little scandalous that you put the Millennium Falcon in, in number two as an avid Star Wars fan. I but. always thought the side cockpit was kind of wonky. I know everyone's like, what? That's the neatest part. But the problem was is that I was such a Star Wars fan that I used to get like the West End games books and comics and all, these, yep. all the books and stuff. And there is like, I don't know if it was in the West End comics not Western Comics, a Western Games thing. Okay. I think it was. It shows the YT-1300 class of freighter, yes. which the Falcon is, and how it's modular and how you can move stuff around. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that cockpit you can put on the left side, the right side, or in the middle. <laughs> and to me, it looks so good in the middle. Yep. That's, uh, that's your designer brain, though. Yeah, I want I symmetry in my I space know. vehicle. I know. So I was like, I want the one in the middle. <laughs> so... Still, I'm still up for a YT-1300. I just want the cockpit in the middle. Gotcha. You don't like the, the askew off the side one. Be like, yeah, it looks weird. It's unbalanced. I know, and, and everyone loves it. But talk about a blind spot, too. I mean, if that's <laughs> if, if, if that's all you can see is that side of the ship, what's going on in the other side of the ship? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's why they lost so many satellites on it. That's one that <laughs> always get in the... the uh, because isn't that a thing online, Radar dish too? gets knocked off every yeah, time. Okay, yeah, so yeah. it is a thing. Like, fans have noticed it's had that like, it's been different oh, shapes. It's, yeah, it's had lots of different shapes because it keeps getting knocked off. But that is an excellent, excellent second pick, which means we are now at our number one picks for sci-fi spaceships that our crew will be helming in yes. Head of the Helm. Head of the Helm? Yes. That's a good one. There you go. That's what we can call it. Head of the Helm. And the ship that my crew will be inhabiting and taking across space for... Have we decided what our missions are? Have we decided what our sci-fi goal is? Is it conquest? Is it is it Star Trek Prime Directive? Yeah, sure. To boldly it, go or to explore new life and civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Is that right? Did that, I do that, it right? Exactly. And okay. and you're yeah. speaking to my heart because that's one of my favorite. It's the whole Star Trek philosophy really really inspires me when I think about sci-fi because that's so cool just to be to go out there for knowledge and the sake of exploring. Yes. So. On that note, no surprise to anyone, <laughs> my first pick is a Star Trek ship. Oh, which one? Which one? Most people would say, oh, iconic. If you're going with your favorite, why not go with uh, the USS Enterprise? Captain Jean-Luc Picard's ship, the one you see in all the pictures, the one you could probably pick out from a silhouette. And I will say, I will. I almost considered that one, but I went one step better, and this may be a hot take, but I think it's better. And I went with the Star Trek Ship USS Voyager from Star Trek Voyager. Ah. NCC 74656, if you want the official call sign for it. But it is a 24th century Federation Intrepid class starship operated by Starfleet. 
Uh, it's famous for completing an unscheduled seven-year journey across the Delta Quadrant between 2371 and 2378, and it is awesome. Uh, that whole bit, the explanation of it is but the overall plot for Star Trek Voyager. Have you seen Voyager? A little bit, yeah. That's uh, Captain Janeway, right? It is Captain Janeway. Yeah. Enterprise, you know, the basic setup is they're just going around the space that they know and exploring and figuring out what all these plot points mean. Then they went on to Deep Space Nine, and it, that revolved around a space station. And then after Deep Space Nine, it went on Voyager and decided, hey, we're going to start traveling again. But the neat part about Voyager, it was a, it's a ship specifically designed for long-term travel, mm-hmm. and it, it, it gets put into a, a new circumstance in that the ship is is wormholed to a quadrant of space that no humans have ever been. So it's essentially a, a ship out in open water that's mm-hmm. never been charted, never been explored, never even been crossed by these types of ships. And this ship is a workhorse because it survives the whole thing. It's built for uncertainty. It's built for the unexpected. It's built for pretty much anything they can throw at it for the entire seven seasons that it, it exists. But um, if you're picturing the Enterprise, you're pretty close to picturing the Voyager. It has your the typical disc UFO looking thing up mm-hmm. front, kind of like Millennium Falcon a little bit. It's mm-hmm. the the old sci-fi starting point of uh, make it like a UFO, but we're gonna make it cooler. We're mm-hmm. gonna add some engines to it. So you add the the warp nacelles on the back. Mm-hmm. The Which little they have to be there like that. They do because that's how the technology works. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's it. So yeah. The, does the Voyager or the Voyager the ship where those move? It is, yes. Okay, yeah. That's, and that's a point in its favor and why it, it gets a little bit of edge over the Enterprise just because it looks a little more sleeker. It's like a Corvette to a, a, a sedan or a coupe kind yeah, of like thing. Yeah, like when they're on impulse power, they're in, right? Yep. And they like extend when they need to go to warp because it has to get out of the way. So, look, yep. I know my Star Trek technology. There you go. That's great. <laughs> As you should. You're making me happy. But yeah, the Enterprise always looked a little like spindly and like just weak. To me, I don't know. There's so many enterprises too, isn't there? There's the original show version, yep. and then is there just one or two in the movies? I think in the new, like the Chris Pine movies, I think they've gone to two already. Like the first one gets destroyed. But I'm talking about the William Shat, the original cast Star Trek movies. I think oh, like that, Nemesis that was, and all. The, yeah. That was like a different. No, even before in the 80s, that was a different. That enterprise. was a different one. Yep, they've like on like. A G, they, I don't know, they're on multiple, there's been yeah, so many of them. Yeah, because there's D, E, and G, there's the ending letters that change mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, there's so many of them. And there's an aircraft carrier, too. So. There is. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to talk about aircraft carriers or extra extra vehicles, uh, this is sort of a, a bonus in why I picked the Voyager, is because it comes with a shuttlecraft called the Delta Flyer, mm-hmm. which is a little four-person craft on top of it. But that's also got photon torpedoes and lasers and shields and warp drives and impulse oh, nice. power. So... Yeah, I'm ready to kick some butt in Voyager. Even though it's a, a, a quest for knowledge and information, it, it still has <laughs> I know phasers, they, photon torpedoes, That's modulating the, shields. The, the funniest thing about Star Trek to me. Yep. It's like was like the prime directive, everything's so peaceful, uh, but their their ships are armed to the teeth. Yep. And I and I, I won't bore you with all the details here just because it, I'm picking it because my favorite, but it is hilarious when I was going to research spaceships. You go to the Rosinante and you get a little brief history about it and what it's made of. You go to the Nostromo, you get a little brief history and what it's made of. You go to a Star Trek ship, you get like blueprints and room wow. size and bed size and yeah. how the computers work and where mm-hmm. the kitchen's located. And yeah. uh, I love it. And Voyager is planned out to a T. It's got biometric uh, computer components, so data can transfer at like brain speeds as opposed to hardware speeds. 
Oh, I love it. So, yeah, Voyager, you're an awesome show, but you're an even awesomer ship, so I pick you that, for my crew. All right. So now we know that none of the Voyager's crew is allowed to be on there. I know. That was, that was a hard call, so. but the ship is... Uh, you made me realize that the ship can be a character in the series, mm-hmm. and you saying that now makes me realize how much of a character the Voyager is. And so, for that reason, number one, but you won't see any more Voyager crew. Sorry, Jerry Ryan. You're awesome, but the ship is cooler than you. <laughs> All right, that leaves me my number one ship. You get you get the final say. I'm going into the world of video games. Let's do it. I picked for Mass Effect Ooh. the SSV Normandy SR1. Now there's a name for a ship. <laughs> the Normandy uh, is the main ship you travel around in the first Mass Effect game. The, there's a lot of fun debate online. People are like, which one's better, SR1 or SR2? Because in the later games, there's an SR2. Oh, okay. It, which is it's bigger and, I mean, the video game technology was better, so there's more <laughs> stuff going on with it. But, but man, that first Mass Effect was the one that made you fall in love with it. And that ship, you spend so much time on it playing that video game for hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. Yeah. That you start to be like, this is my ship. <laughs> I live and, here now. And, yeah, you start to feel it. So it's called a Deep Scout Frigate. Ooh, okay. And one of the things I love about Mass Effect, and especially the way the Normandy SR-1 looks like inside is it's a beautiful mix of both Star Wars and Star Trek. It's like you took both those looks and okay. you mashed them together. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to show Mikey over here a picture of the command deck. Let me check it out. And then you 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 tell me if this doesn't look like a mix of Star Trek and Star Wars all in one oh, view. Yeah, it's got like all the architecture of Star Wars and all the control panels of Star Trek. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That's so, awesome. I know. It's, it's, it's just the... Beautiful melding of two wonderful nerdy genres. <laughs> it's got hard edges, but everything's slightly rounded in case you fall over in space. Yeah, but it looks it looks lived in, but it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look too clean. Yep, like Star Trek's really clean, which is fine. Yep, um, but it's it looks lived in, but doesn't look dirty like the Falcon. Like it looks like a warship because it is a warship. Okay, so it, and it looks like just something from the future Navy. The Space Navy, yes. which is one of the reasons I like it. But the exterior of it, man, this is a, it's a cool-looking oh, ship. It's, it's sleek. sleek and, yep. <laughs> yeah, it can go into the atmosphere and land and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of like... Uh, so the whole technology of it is, is neat. It's kind of a space submarine, which oh, okay. makes it awesome. Yeah. So hey. Because the big technology on it is it has the IES system, the eternal emission sinks. Ooh. It's a stealth system. So basically, the way that they detect other spaceships in this fantasy world mm-hmm. is they can scan for the heat signatures of engines. Oh, I got you. But this has technology where it sucks in all the heat and puts it in these sinks. I got you. So it's basically, it can go silent running for like two or three hours. Oh, wow. And can't be detected. That, so it's like a space submarine. That's great. Or if they don't run at all, they can go days just just sitting there. That's awesome. With basic... Life support. That was one of the advantages I learned from the Star Trek series, that the whole cloaking ships was definitely cooler than the non-cloaking ships, and Mm -hmm. it sounds like similar technology. But not only that, not only is it a space submarine, but it's also a space muscle car. (laughs) Because the, the... the Tantalus drive core that's in this thing, yes, is they say it in the game. It's proportionally twice the size of any other starship. 
which doesn't mean it's big to the size of the ship. It's two times bigger than it needs to be. Oh, the engine, like the, the propulsion, engine, yeah, okay. the propulsion system. That's, that's so that awesome. makes it like super fast and just it, it's just so it's it like, looks it looks like a futuristic hot rod as far as spaceships yeah, go. It's not yeah. a clunker at all. So it's it's a submarine and a hot rod. <laughs> it's great. And of course, since it's a kind of a deep scout frigate, they don't know what they're going to run into. There's hostile aliens in this world, yep. so it is armed. It has defense lasers. There you go. A mass accelerator cannon. <laughs> it has disruptor torpedoes. It has shields, and it's so simple because I mean, th- this was the earliest game from years ago. Yep. So there's only three decks, and there's a, the command deck. You got the quarters deck. And you got the engine and store engineering and storage. That's all you that's, need. That's all you need. That's there. It's it's joked a lot, and I only think it's joked a lot because the in the Normandy SR two in the later games, there's a bathroom in there. There's no bathroom <laughs> in this one. Uh-oh. So everyone's like, "Where's the bathroom?" It's in your suit. So, oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that in the in the in Firefly, the Serenity has like a pull out drawer bathroom thing that pulls that, out of the wall that is right so yeah. it could just be that <laughs> come on people expand does your it, mind does the does the sr1 have a cool kitchen like the firefly did it does have a little galley area and all that stuff because um, i remember that about firefly that that's where yeah. a whole bunch of scenes took place it does it has uh i'll show you a picture of that too there's a bunch <laughs> of people sitting around the table there oh there you go so with the lighting and everything so yeah did you you didn't ever play Mass Effect, right? I played the first one. Oh, you did. So you're familiar with the I'm, Normandy. I'm familiar with like only as far like I didn't finish the game, so I didn't live in in the ship as long as you yeah. did. But I remember the concept of how it actually the game took you around different parts of the ship, and that was an aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, and just the technology, the en- the engine core looks so cool, and it has that that galaxy map. Oh yeah, that big floating galaxy map. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, just, you walk into the control center, and it's like, yeah. oh, this is where they control yeah. the ship. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really neat. It's it's. I, like I said, it's this nice blend of, you know, you got that, that kind of Star Wars feel and that Star Trek feel oh. just mashed together. It just itches all my nerd button. <laughs> there you go. I really like it. And I preferred over the SR2 because the SR2 was, first of all, they unceremoniously destroyed the SR1 now at the-, the beginning of Mass Effect 2. Spoilers. Uh-oh. Games that came out a while ago. Oh, no, it's ruined. Um, so... You're in it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's the Normandy," and then they blow the thing up <laughs> and and kill Shepard. Oh, that yeah, yeah, I do, yep. And then he gets resurrected, and after he's resurrected, they're like, "We built you a new one," <laughs> and everything's wonky and suspicious and all that kind of thing. But the other ones, it's big, it's cool, it's kind of more of a to me, it's a little too much of a luxury liner type of thing. It's, I got you. It's too much nicer. Yep. So it's not as like the Normandy SR one is like that is a warship. That is a submarine that's yeah. ready for action whatever you want to throw at it and that's what that's what i like about it I, I didn't know i didn't play the game enough to know about the submarine aspect of it but the fact that they can stealth and all that that that's super cool especially for our future space crews right and i think it was i'm pretty sure it's in the, the for what we said to boldly go where no man has gone before that ship was built for the same thing the a lot of, if you remember, a lot of Mass Effect is just going to different systems that are uncharted. Uh, yep. And then you have to go onto a planet and you have to scan the planet. Yep. You can resources and all. Oh man, Mass Effect, such a good game. Such a great game. That's awesome. I do have to. I have to chime in because I can't believe I glossed over one point about my ship that I totally forgot to mention. I would feel mm-hmm. remiss if I didn't. But <laughs> I totally forgot this was the main consideration for me picking my ship. But Star Trek ships have hollow decks. 
Right. And I forget how awesome holodeck technology <laughs> is. Because if you think about it, our crews are going to be on these spaceships for eons and eons or however long they survive as, as we pick them. But you're saying like a bathroom's key, a mess hall is key, a place to sleep is key. Star Trek figured it out. They, you need a place to just have fun and leisure and be bored and be dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, so go to this room and you can reenact a war battle. Or go to this room and you can reenact a Shakespeare moment in time. Or mm-hmm. go in this room and you can make four of yourself and play cards with yourself. I don't know. Holodeck is unlimited and it's such a... I don't know if overlooked is the right word, but you forget how awesome holodecks are from Star Trek until you're like, oh yeah, holodecks can do that. Awesome. Yeah, that's that, how I'm going to spend my free time. <laughs> in the holodeck. That's where you're, that's why you're not commanding the ship or anything. Yep. He's always in the hollow deck. Yep. And I'm thinking I'm thinking of my crew. <laughs> They're gonna have a lot more fun. Maybe maybe they'll get caught off guard, but at least they'll be having fun. So we have uh, the Voyager from Star Trek yes. to fill up, and we have the Normandy from Mass Effect to fill up with crew. Uh, I can't take anyone from the first Mass Effect, so there that limits that. You can't take anyone from Voyager. I can't. But we'll see who we, what fun characters we can fill up. Should we give them a preview of who might be in our crew, who we're thinking about, what we're what we're gearing up for as far as positions? Oh, I don't know. Do we want to spoil it? <laughs> what are we gonna? What was on the list to do next? Uh, n- well, now that we have our ship, we're, we're we're sort of going in logical step order. So we have a ship, and now we need somebody to fly that. Oh, ship. we're gonna pick our pilots. Yes, right. So there's your there's your one spoiler for the upcoming mm-hmm. series. Pilots. So you can think about what Mikey and I put at two and three, and yes. think of maybe. That's for each of us. That might be why. It would make sense. Pilot and ship often go hand in hand. So, yeah, I can't take Joker, who's the famous pilot from Mass Effect. I got you. Because he flew that ship. I'm going to have to find some other pilot to do it. Wasn't Joker Seth Green, too? I bo- Yeah, I think so. Because that's why they gave right. that the call name. I think that's right. Yeah. What up, Seth Green? You're awesome. Seth Green is awesome. We want to be your friends, Seth Green. <laughs> So we, you know what we want to do with Seth Green? What do we want to do? Have a pizza with him. We do. We do. And our pizza is here. Surprise. <laughs> and we will enjoy that pizza. We want to thank you guys so much uh, for listening yep. to the podcast. Uh, we've had a lot more listeners lately. We've had more engagement on social media. So keep that up. We at, love it. At Assuming Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yep. If you want to send us an email, you can Gmail us, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Use the email if you want to send us blueprints of your favorite Star War- oh. Star Trek or Star Wars or sci-fi ship. Yeah, definitely. We want to thank Jazzar for doing our music. We want to thank That Guy Brad for doing our announcing. We want to thank Not Scott Productions for our equipment. We want to thank you for listening. Most of all, we hope you enjoy your space journey. To infinity and beyond. Can we take Buzz Lightyear? He is is (laughs) sci-fi. Head of the head of the ship, head of space, head of oh, we had <laughs> wait, we had head of the class, head of the house, head of the ship, head of the helm, head of the helm. I like head of the helm, space crew. If it's there's a head in spaceships though, the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the captain in the bathroom. <laughs>